0: 20 minutes a day. 365 days a year. This is the Pack A Day Podcast. What's going on, Packer fans? Welcome into an all-new episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Thank you so much for being here today. A really fun episode lined up. Today, what we're going to be discussing is potential Packers free agent targets going into this free agency period. Now we're a little bit away, March is free agency, but it is going to be here before you know it. So let's get to know some of the top free agents that Green Bay could be targeting in this upcoming free agency class. I have 13 players in total that I want to go over broken up into three different tiers of players. But before we get there, we have to sort of look at what is Green Bay potentially looking for? I think the first thing And you'll notice this throughout my list today is that you really don't want anyone that much older than like 26 years old you're looking for those 25 26 year olds i have two 27 year olds on my list one 28 year old but You have a young team, you have a young core, and I still think while you are very much competing in 2024, the Packers definitely went out and changed the calculus in 2023 with what they were able to accomplish with their draft class in 2023, just coming up huge with Jordan Love becoming the freaking guy. The goalposts have moved. So this has definitely changed and you're definitely trying to compete, but I still think you're sort of looking long-term. You're opening a window. You're not just looking for a all-in right now sort of moment. And because of that, you don't just want to bring in any player. You're not looking necessarily for a one-year deal with a 30-something guy. You're looking probably for a three, four, five-year deal with somebody, like I said, who's a little bit younger and that can help you not only now, but in 2025, 26, and maybe even 2027 as you open up this window over the course of the next few seasons. So younger, definitely better. And that's just a general rule of thumb. When you get to free agency, you're going to see different tiers of players based on who still is in their prime and is ready to maybe break out or guys that are still sort of hanging on and still really good players, but they're probably only going to help you maybe for a year or two. Obviously, we're looking at positions of need for Green Bay, running back, off-ball linebacker. Um, There's actually no corners on my list. I think Green Bay is going to have to attack that during the draft. Just the the corners that are available, probably either a little bit overpriced or don't exactly fit what Green Bay needs. So I'm not actually looking at too many corners here, but safety, off-ball linebacker, running back were the big three that I'm going to be targeting in free agency. I think depth on the offensive line, running back to some extent, um, corner are going to be ones that Green Bay is going to have to look aggressively in the draft. It's just really hard especially at corner and, and uh, you know, in corners in offensive line to find really quality players that you don't have to pay just, you know, an insane amount to to try to get them to come to your team. So I don't necessarily see those two as being big targets in the free agency, but rather more draft-related uh, improvements is what I would expect. Again, corner and offensive line there. I do think they're going to have some money to play around with, meaning if they want to make a little bit of a splash, I think they could do so. I think you're probably looking at maybe like a tier two free agent or maybe a couple tier three free agents. And then they can sign as many like Jonathan Owens or Rudy Fords of the world that you want. You can bring in as many, you know, that minimum sort of guys that you want. But if you want to make a legitimate splash, you're probably looking in that tier two or tier three range. I'm going to go over one tier one player uh, that I think they could potentially look at. I don't think it's super likely, but that's probably what they're looking at. I think one thing that you have to, think about it a little bit though, and somebody actually brought this up in a, it was a happy hour, a members only chat, something like that, that I did recently. Green Bay is probably not going to get very many comp picks off of their free agency class this year. They could maybe get a few late round picks for a, a John Runyon Jr. if he leaves in free agency, a Yash Nyman, maybe a Keyshawn Nixon. But it's not like they have somebody that's going to get a huge deal that could garner like a third, fourth, or probably even a fifth round pick based on the contract that they're going to sign. It would probably be late sixth and late seventh round picks at the very best. So if they do want to sign maybe a couple free agents, they, they could potentially look at maybe you know moving some money back to open up some money now so that they can spend big in free agency now and not have to worry about it really affecting their comp formula too much because they're probably not going to get very much in comp pick uh, you know compensation anyway based on who's leaving in free agency. I still would go into this free agency you know, period expecting not a whole lot. If you're going into this expecting a bunch of high-end free agents or a redo of Adrian Amos, Preston Smith, Zedaria Smith, Billy Turner, you're going to be sadly mistaken. They're not going to do anything like that. But again, I do think a couple mid-tier-ish free agents are very much in the realm of possibility for Green Bay. And based on how they performed a season ago, it would not be surprising at all if they wanted to do that. All right. So let's get into my 13 total free agent targets in three different tiers. Tier one, labeling this one, big game hunting. Only one on this list, and that's Antoine Winfield Jr. Super likely? No. 26 years old, was a second round draft pick out of uh, the the Minnesota in 2020. 7.81 RAS, 15 sacks, 11 forced fumbles, 7 interceptions in his career. In 2023 alone, he had 122 tackles, 6 sacks, three interceptions, a 90.4 PFF grade in 2023. His grades prior to that, 78.7, 89.5, 67.2. And this past season, he was PFF's third graded safety. He's it. He's everything. He's everything you want at the safety position. He is a bullhawk. He is a disruptor. He's good in coverage. He's a good tackler. He's good in run defense. He is it. He would immediately come in and change this Packers defense. There is no way around it. You are going from bottom tier safeties to one of the single best safeties in football and one of the best playmakers, in my opinion, in football. And I don't even think Winfield is good as he is and as much credit as he gets. I still don't think he necessarily gets the credit that he deserves. Again, he'll be 26 this season uh, throughout the year. And I think he's still getting better. He's Mr. Consistent. He's got it obviously in his DNA. His dad played in the NFL. He's a stud. And you go from safeties of Darnell Savage, Jonathan Owens, Rudy Ford, Anthony Johnson Jr. to Antoine Winfield Jr., your defense increases exponentially on the back end. And safeties are one of those really interesting things where sometimes it's hard to spend a huge ton of money on safety. And the reason being is you will go and watch tape sometime of defense. You might go seven, eight plays in a row at different times of the game where the safety is like not even involved in the play. It's not always necessarily a tier one position, but my goodness, when players are in positions and you need them to be a really good player, safety matters a lot. Ask Darnell Savage as he tried to tackle Christian McCaffrey in the open field in the divisional round game, which led to a 39 yard touchdown. You need your safeties to perform when they are put in those high pressure situations. And Winfield has done that throughout the course of his career. More importantly, Green Bay has struggled to force turnovers. They've struggled with players blitzing out of the slot or having even sort of like I'm not saying Antoine Winfield Jr. is LeRoy Butler, but he has some of those same traits where you can blitz him off the edge, you can use him in coverage, you can use him in man coverage against certain players if you want. He just has it all. Now, imagine again, going from your group of safeties that all of them, you felt a little sick to your stomach, you know, going out there and having to play a ton of snaps to now having arguably, you know, top two or three safety in football on your roster. I say, is it super likely? Probably not. Do I see Green Bay outbidding every other team for his services? Probably not. Could Tampa Bay franchise tag him or just give him a massively lucrative contract for him to stay in Tampa? Probably But if he does become available and Green Bay does want somebody that could completely alter the state of their secondary and their defense, Antoine Winfield Jr., the one tier one free agent that I think Green Bay would at least have to take a look at it and consider and maybe make an offer to. That brings us to tier two players. The first one is really interesting. And I'll start by saying there's a lot of reasons not to do it more than there are reasons to do it. But I'm going to go over it anyway, because it's an interesting conversation. And that's Saquon Barkley, 27 years old. One of the main reasons that he is on my list is because the Packers were interested in Jonathan Taylor a season ago and specifically trading for Jonathan Taylor, not signing in free agency, trading for him, which meant not only were they willing to give him a big contract, they were willing to give up assets to get him. Now, one, Jonathan Taylor is younger. Two, Jonathan Taylor is better. And three, Aaron Jones is probably not probably he's going to still be on this team this year. But Aaron Jones was on the team last year, too. But here's why I think it's interesting. Clearly, Green Bay wanted another running back to go with Aaron Jones. Number two, we saw how much Aaron Jones mattered this past season. When he was in the game, it was a different offense. It, it became from a solid to good offense to a otherworldly offense. And we know two things. One, that Aaron Jones isn't going to play a ton of snaps every single game. And he's also getting to the point in his career where he's going to probably get a little bit more banged up. The other thing we know is that Saquon Barkley does not stay healthy through the course of a season. He gets a little bit banged up and sometimes he's going to miss some games you almost have a perfect like platoon here of like, Hey, you just need one of those guys to be healthy. And if you have both look the heck out and you can sort of, you know, utilize both of them, but then you don't have those situations where it's like, Oh my goodness, Aaron Jones isn't out of the game. Now, what do you do? It's like, Oh, Aaron Jones is out of the game. Saquon Barkley is in. Oh, Saquon Barkley is out of the game. Oh, Aaron Jones is in. And you just constantly have a really freaking good running back on the field at all times. Now, Barkley was the second overall pick in 2018, a 9.97 relative athletic score coming out of school, 47 touchdowns in six seasons, was tied for ninth in runs of 10 or more yards this past season with 26. He averages 98.8 yards from scrimmage in his career per game. In 2023, he had 247 rushes for 962 yards, a 3.9 yard average, six touchdowns, 41 receptions, 280 yards, and four touchdowns for, let's just be honest, a Giants offense that was abysmal for the majority of the season. Had a 70.2 PFF grade in 2023, and prior years, he had an 80.3, 59.1, 60.3, 72.2, and 85.2, and was graded as PFF's 35th best running back this past season, again, with a really bad Giants offense. Now, there's some pros to signing him. We went over those already. The ability to have a really good running back on the field at all times would be one of those. And we've seen Matt LaFleur be creative with two running backs on the field at the same time. And Barkley and Jones would probably allow you a little bit more creativity because both of them could be lined out wide and you have to honor them in some capacity. Now, the downside here is you're paying for the name Saquon Barkley to some extent. Saquon has never lived up to the hype. He's had some amazing moments. He's had some pretty good seasons, but he's never quite lived up to that second overall pick. He's never quite lived up to the huge contracts. He's been injured more often than not. And if you have to pay him like a big time running back and give him a ton of money, I don't see that as being the smartest thing to do for Green Bay. However, if you can get him on a reasonable deal and you think that using him and Jones in the backfield could be something that would be advantageous and you think it could supercharge your offense, I don't hate it. This is another one where I will say what I think it's likely or expected. No, I think it's a very long shot. But for the right price and the right reasons, I think it's within at least a small realm of possibility, especially based on the fact that Green Bay was aggressively looking to go after Jonathan Taylor just a season ago. So if they do want that second running back to be able to come in and you maybe aren't able to trust a rookie, there's not a ton of other options out there. We'll go over one other option in this episode today. But you could look at a 27-year-old Saquon Barkley who still has some tread on the tires, and say hey this would be a really fun duo with Jones and Barkley always having someone amazing in the backfield and that will set up our offense for success with all those weapons down the field the tight ends you know Jordan Love of course doing what he's been doing it just potentially supercharges the offense to a point where it makes it extremely difficult for opposing defenses to stop hey friends Everyone this time of year is trying to get their year started off on the right foot and I am certainly no different. Football season takes its toll on me so now is the time for me to start eating healthier, getting more sleep, and getting the year started right. But eating healthy isn't always the easiest and it's far too time consuming to constantly run to the store or the butcher for healthy fresh cuts of meat. That's why Good Chop is such a lifesaver for me. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high-quality meats and seafood delivered directly to your door on your schedule. Choose from over 70 high-quality cuts of meat, including my favorite, 100% grass-fed ribeyes. You guys have to see the marbling on these things. They are beyond delicious and they melt in your mouth. Add a little sea salt, a little black pepper, a little garlic powder. They are to die for. I know you're all busy and you're probably listening to this now, running errands, mowing the lawn or driving your kids to soccer practice. And that's exactly why the ease of Good Chop is going to be so perfect for you. Good Chop's price per meal starts at just $3.74 and they pride themselves on sourcing meat that comes with no antibiotics or added hormones ever. They're so confident in their quality of cuts that they offer a 100% money back guarantee. So go to goodchop.com packaday120 and use code packaday120 to get $120 off your first four boxes. That's code packaday120 at goodchop.com packaday120 for $120 off. goodchop.com packaday120 with code packaday120. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet? Do you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. I've had so much fun making Prize Picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. Sports made easy. Next up, Patrick Queen, off-ball linebacker, 25 years old, was the 28th pick in the draft in 2020, an 8.80 relative athletic score coming out of school, 133 tackles, 3.5 sacks, 18 pressures, an interception, and six pass breakups a season ago. You love, love the idea of Patrick Queen and Quay Walker together at inside linebacker. Both of them are freak athletes, Quay a little bit more so, but both of them are studs. Quay has a little bit more coverage and sideline to sideline ability. Patrick Queen is a little bit more going to come up and fill the gap aggressively, maybe hold up a little, not maybe, he's going to hold up better against pulling guards and fullbacks, and he's going to hit you right in the freaking face. And he is a perfect complement to Quay Walker. They would make one of the best inside linebacker duos in the NFL, in my opinion. He's coming off the best season of his career, was a second-team All-Pro, had a 73.0 grade from PFF in 2023. Prior to that, he had a 69.7, a 43.5, and a 29.7. Just to put that in reverse, his rookie year, 29.7 grade, then 43.5, then 69.7, then 73.0. He's gotten better every single year. This past year, he was PFF's 23rd-rated inside linebacker. If you watch some of the plays on tape of him playing physically, it is... You don't even recognize the position of inside linebacker compared to how the Packers played, and you know being a little bit more passive and uh, not necessarily attacking the line of scrimmage with such ferocity. Patrick Queen plays that way. They need that sort of inside linebacker to pair with uh, Quay Walker. I do not believe Devondre Campbell is going to be back. I think it is a match made in heaven, and we have seen. The Ravens with Queen and Roquan Smith, the 49ers with Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner, these big-time defenses have two big-time off-ball linebackers. You want to, we talked about Saquon Barkley supercharging the offense. You want to do it on the defensive side of things? Look no further than Patrick Queen. All right, next up, Xavier McKinney, safety, 26 years old from the New York Giants, was the 36th pick in the 2020 draft, a 5.82 RAS coming out of school, has nine interceptions in four seasons. He is a do it all safety, would be a perfect fit as the primary safety in Green Bay. Can, again, not too dissimilar to Antoine Winfield, although Winfield just does it better, can do a little bit of everything, can cover, can play too deep, can play a little single high, can match up with some tight ends. In 2023, he had 116 tackles, three interceptions, 11 PDFs, one forced fumble, a half sack, had an 87.8 grade from PFF in 2023. Prior to that, a 61.2, a 75.4, and a 70.0. And this past season was PFF's fourth graded safety. He's going to come cheaper than an Antoine Winfield Jr. was. Not by much. Expect him to get paid. But I do think that signing a player like that would be within Green Bay's reach. And he would, again, very similarly to Antoine Winfield Jr., completely change the trajectory of that secondary, going from players that were fringe starters at best to a top five, safety in the league. Next up, a Mike Wall and Andy Herman favorite, Frankie Louvu, 27 years old, linebacker from the Carolina Panthers. He was an undrafted free agent in 2018 uh, coming out of that draft. Only a 3.91 relative athletic score coming out of school. Not exactly Goody's cup of tea, although he is willing to take a little bit more of a risk with those uh, after they've established themselves in the league. He is an insane, hard-hitting inside linebacker, would be a really fun compliment to Quay Kway Walker. Quay's your coverage guy. Frankie Luvu's your intimidator, your blitzer, your run game defender, can do a little bit of that, not as good in coverage, so you might need to get him off the field in some more obvious passing situations, or just use him as a blitzer. He is arguably the best blitzing linebacker in all of football. This past season, he had 125 tackles, 5.5 sacks, two forced fumbles, 11 quarterback hits, would add a violence and intensity to the off-ball linebacker room that they desperately need and just to the defense that they desperately need. As mentioned, he's one of the best blitzing inside linebackers in the league, if not the best. Had a 78.5 PFF grade in 2023, Prior to that, 74.8, 84.8, 64.1, 48.1, and 60.2. And this past season, he was PFF's 12th graded inside linebacker. Next up, Cameron Curl, safety out of the uh, Washington Commanders. Excuse me, 25 years old. Seventh round draft pick out of the 2020 draft. A 7.43 relative athletic score coming out of school. Another do-it-all safety. This, to me, is a almost a knockoff of Adrian Amos. If you want a safety who can do everything well, always be in the right spot, tackle everyone, cover everyone, be exactly where we're supposed to be, take the right angle to the football, but seemingly never be able to come up with the big play, no picks, no pick sixes, no sacks, no forced fumbles, no fumble recoveries, just almost like allergic to big plays, but constantly doing everything right. He is a Adrian Amos clone. again, RAS coming out of school. One of the most underrated players in the league, in my opinion, is under the radar because he played for a terrible Washington team for so many years. He's a plus in coverage. He's a plus as a run defender. In 2023, had 115 tackles, three tackles for loss, no interceptions, one forced fumble, one sack. Like I said, almost an Adrian Amos clone. Had a 66.6 grade in 2023. Prior to that, he had an 82.9 in 2022, 69.4 before that, and 68.4 before that. He was the 49th graded safety in 2023, but he was PFF's second graded safety in 2022. A really interesting option to keep an eye on. Next is Geno Stone, 25 years old, Baltimore Ravens safety, seventh round pick in the 2020 draft as well. Only a 3.72 relative athletic score coming out of college, 84.9 coverage grade by PFF. That is his superpower. He is great in coverage, had seven interceptions just this past year, not in his career, just this past year, led the NFL. Although, he is a bit of a liability as a tackler. He missed almost 20% of his tackles, one out of every five tackles in 2023, which, spoiler, is not great. He, however, would be immediately, in my opinion, Green Bay's best safety. They would have to utilize him in very specific ways and make sure that he works on his tackling. He is only 25. He's out of Iowa. You'd expect him to maybe be a little bit better. Maybe he just had an off-year tackling, and maybe that's something that he can work on, but it is definitely a little bit of a concern. In 2023, had 68 tackles, 7 interceptions, 9 pass breakups, a 72.2 grade this past year. Before that, had a 71.4, a 61.4, and a 60.0, although I think he only played 2 snaps that year. In this past season, he was PFF's 25th graded safety. Ball hawking coverage, great. Run defense tackling, not as great, but I still think he would be a pretty significant upgrade at safety for Green Bay. Next up in the last player in my second tier of players is DeAndre Swift, the running back from the Philadelphia Eagles, only 25 years old. He was the 35th pick in the 2020 draft, had a 7.56 relative athletic score coming out of school. This past year for Philly, he had 229 carries, 1,049 yards, 4.6 yard average, five touchdowns, 39 receptions, 214 yards, and another touchdown. Had a 66.5 grade from PFF this past year, before that, a 78.1, a 58.0, and a 69.4. And this year, he was PFF's 45th graded running back. I do believe he'd be a very nice compliment to Aaron Jones. Once again, you'd be almost guaranteed to have a really good running back in your backfield at all times. He is just going to be 25 this year. So not a ton of wear and tear. He, a lot of time in Detroit, when he was there, he split carries with a bunch of other running backs. So it's not like he is, you know, been, you know, 400 carries a year or anything like that. He had his, and arguably, I know it wasn't PFF's best, but in my opinion, at his best season of his career as more of a primary back in Philly and show that he could handle the workload. I like the pairing of him and Aaron Jones, and I don't think he would break the bank. So that would be an interesting backup running back option to Aaron Jones in free agency. Now we're going to go over the rest a little bit more lightning round style, but the rest are my third tier uh, free agents that I think Green Bay could target. First up is Julian Blackman, safety from the Indianapolis Colts. He is 26 years old this season. Pick 85 in the 2020 draft. He's more of a box safety. I think he could play a little bit more too high if you needed him to. If you need him to play a ton of single high, that's just not gonna be his cup of tea. Had seven career interceptions, two forced fumbles, one sack. This past season, he had 88 tackles, four picks, eight passes defended, a 68.3 grade in 2023. Prior to that, 62.3, 60.7, 59.4. And this past year, he was PFF's 37th graded safety. Not sexy, just a solid overall safety that you can put back there, have confidence in. Another one of those is probably not going to come up with a ton of big plays. Although again, he did have four picks this past season. Next up, Blake Cashman, linebacker for the Texans. The oldest player on my list, 28 years old this season. He will be 28, I should say. Pick 157 out of the 2019 draft, a 9.51 relative athletic score coming out of school, had eight tackles for loss in 2023, a 79.7 coverage grade from PFF, and had a top 15 tackle rate per PFF. The past two years, he had 19 pressures, five sacks, five hits on just 94 pass rush snaps per PFF. So they didn't utilize him as a blitzer as a, a ton, but when they did, he had a ton of success doing it is a solid linebacker in all phases, run defense, tackling, pass defense, playmaking, does everything well. I think he's a beautiful, uh, you know, compliment to Quay Walker. Quay being, again, sort of your boomer bust highlight level, but also not always maybe in the right spot and just getting somebody next to him that has the experience and just the all over solid play like Blake Cashman, I think would make a ton of sense had an 82.1 grade this past year, had a 54, 29.1 and 64.6 grade prior to that, but never really played in those seasons. This was really his first time to get to shine and really play a ton of snaps at inside linebacker. And he responded with an 82.1 grade and was PFF's seventh graded inside linebacker this year. Next up, maybe not a huge position of need, but a player that I really liked coming out of college. And I think Got better as his uh, NFL career went on, was in a lot of rotations in Buffalo as an edge defender, and I think still has some breakout ability in the NFL. That is AJ Epinesa, 26 years old, edge defender, who can also kick inside and play a little bit on the interior. Uh, pick 54 in the 2020 draft, a 4.06 relative athletic score. Again, you can play him on the edge. You can play him on the interior. I feel like he's a breakout player waiting to happen. The Kingsley and Igbari injury does make it that you maybe could use one extra, uh, you know, edge defender. And I think the ability for him to kick inside gives him the versatility that you'd be maybe willing to take a, a little bit more of a chance on a player who can help you in multiple different facets. I think you would give Green Bay much-needed depth, both on the edge and on the defensive line. In 2023, he had 6.5 sacks the most of his career, 20 tackles, 7 tackles for loss, 10 QB hits, 8 pass knockdowns, 1 forced fumble, and 2 interceptions. I think one of those was a pick 6, if I remember correctly, against Washington. 75.8 PFF grade in 2023. Prior to that, 57.1, 65.2, and 61.5. He was PFF's 31st best edge defender. Like, that is a if you're in the top 32, that means you're a number one edge defender on some team. I'm not saying he's great. I'm not saying that you want to sign him to this huge deal to make him a top tier edge defender, but man, if you can get him as a rotational guy at edge and defensive line, I think he is a uh, somebody that can bring a lot more to the table than he gets credit for and would be somebody that I'd be willing to invest a little money on to see if he can pay off uh, some of the traits that he had coming out of college. And I think, like I said, 6.5 sacks this past year, he's willing, I think he's willing and able to do more than what he did in Buffalo. Tyrell Dodson, off-ball linebacker for the Bills, 26 years old, undrafted free agent from the 2019 draft class, had a 6.55 relative athletic score, started in 10 games this past season, had 74 tackles, two and a half sacks, eight tackles for loss, no interceptions, one forced fumble, had a 90.2 PFF grade this past year. Prior to that, 48.4, 58.8, and 52.3 in very limited snaps. He ended up as PFF's second graded off-ball linebacker. So this is a player who burst on the scene this past year, made an impact, and now is probably gonna get paid. Would he be a target for Green Bay? Maybe, could he team with Quay Walker? Yeah, I really think so. He'd be an interesting target. I'd be very interested to know what he's gonna get on the open market. How do teams view him after kind of a breakout end of the season, after not really doing much the three years prior? But he's a very interesting option at off-ball linebacker. And then last but not least, the final one on my list, Jeremy Chin, the safety from the Carolina Panthers, 25 years old. He also plays kind of some off-ball linebacker as well, kind of a hybrid player. Pick 64 from the 2020 draft had a 10.0 relative athletic score. He is a freak of freaks at safety. Second in defensive rookie of the year voting in 2022 for the AP. Like he was a stud his rookie season. However, he only started eight games this year. 30 tackles, two tackles for loss, no picks, one sack, one pass breakup. Only a 57.7 grade per PFF. Prior to that, a 54.9, a 71.4, and a 59.0. In 2021, he played over a thousand snaps for the Panthers. Panthers this past year, not due to injuries or anything, he only played 285. He completely fell out of favor in Carolina. He hasn't done much these past couple seasons. He desperately needs a change of scenery. Having a guy with a 10.0 RES score, you know, Brian Gudakins would love to take a flyer on a player like that. He did not qualify for enough snaps for PFF this year, but had he qualified, he would have been PFF's 80th graded safety this past season, which of course is not a starting caliber safety. That would be more of your flyer, take a chance on a guy, low tier free agent that you're willing to see if maybe you can get him back to playing like kind of more how he did his first couple years in the league. Um, but, you know, you don't want to rely upon that either, but I think he could, you know, progress as a really nice special teams player if nothing else. But again, that one is a little bit more of a flyer moving forward. Overall, my list of players Antoine Winfield Jr., Saquon Barkley, Patrick Queen, Xavier McKinney, Frankie Luvu, Cameron Curl, Geno Stone, DeAndre Swift, Julian Blackman, Blake Cashman, AJ Epinesa, Tyrell Dodson, and Jeremy Chin. That is going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll be right back here tomorrow with an all-new episode. Shout out to our All-Pro and Hall of Fame members, Mosey to Minnesota PJ Wynn, John Wilde, Jay Bradad, Brandon Paletta, Jennifer Wright, Boomhandle, Donald Lee, Lori Lord, Baby QB, and David McCluskey. Appreciate you guys a ton. I'll see you tomorrow, but until next time, and as always, Go Pack Go.